Welcome to the Catch Some Soul Shine podcast, and I'm your host, Dawn Renee Beauvais. I'm here to share drastic self-care measures that will help empower you to awaken brilliance after life's darkest moments. Welcome to part one of my interview with Deb Carson. Deb is a former Fox News anchorwoman, and she talks us through being a woman in a man's world. She worked on Wheel of Fortune. I can't wait for you to hear part one. Deb also touches on some struggles that she had, and we'll do a deep dive into that in part two. Please rate the podcast, leave a comment. If you're on YouTube, subscribe, hit the like button, and leave a comment there too. I appreciate you all. Now get a cup of coffee because it's time to catch some soul shine. And today I am joined by my very special guest, Deb. Well, Deb Carson is, yeah, Deb he Carson. was my maiden name, but just Deb Carson. Oh. Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> Deb is an award-winning longtime sports media personality. Her first job was in LA on the Wheel of Fortune production staff. She appeared on dozens of TV shows, films, and has played lots of reporters. Just about to launch her her first podcast, and I am so excited for that. That's going to be awesome. And she's also a personal coach for money, career, and mindset. She's also the mom to an 11-year-old amazing competitive swimmer, And her four-year-old lab, Lulu, she became a mother at the age of 46 after multiple losses. And she's married to Chris for 25 years. Wow, that's awesome. That's a lot to pack in. (laughs) It is a lot to pack in, yes. Deb and I met through actually a podcasting course. We kind of formed this little pod of our own our little pot is quite special. We're still connected today. So I'm honored to have you on the show. I just got to get this out there since you were the sports caster. So sad about my Browns. I know, I know. And and I know the last time we spoke, I said, yeah, you know, you know, keep hopes up. But you know, it's uh, a long road ahead. Uh, same weekend they were eliminated. By the way, my Cowboys were eliminated too. So I'm I'm right there in the in the sorrow zone with you mm-hmm, for decades. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm sorry, but but you guys have such great talent on that team too. So the Browns are going to be in the mix for for several years to come. So. Absolutely, I'm excited to watch them. So I want the listeners to get to know you a little bit, like I know you. So why don't you share a little bit about your background? Well, as you mentioned, I moved out here. Um, it's, it's been a few decades now, but my, my first job out here was on the game show Wheel of Fortune. I worked on the production staff there. I had always wanted to to work in entertainment. In, in sports is really, that was my passion. But when I was growing up, there really weren't opportunities for women. And I had had the chance while I was at Baylor, that's my, my alma mater, uh, I had had the chance there to be mentored by a wonderful broadcaster, kind of a legend in Texas at the time, Frank Fallon, had gotten a chance to audition for and work on the Baylor baseball broadcast crew. But you know, by the time I graduated, there really weren't a lot of opportunities for women in sports. So entertainment was, you know, that that seemed like a great way to go too. Ended up um, moving out here without a job, but had sent some resumes out in advance. And the very, very day my parents were 
driving away, leaving me to live in Los Angeles. Uh, I went back inside wondering, oh my gosh, what have, I, what have I done with my life? What am I doing here? And there was a message on the phone from Wheel of Fortune saying they had an opening there. Then uh, they you know, had me come in an interview. I ended up working on the game show for several years with an amazing group of people. And obviously Pat and Vanna are lovely and wonderful and the epitome of what celebrities should be and, and what people should be for that matter. Very, very kind and, and giving, but ended up leaving there and doing a lot of on-camera work just by virtue of being around a lot of it. Ultimately, I had to, a chance to come back and, and get a job in my field that I really was passionate about, and that was sports. So I started working in uh, at Fox Sports Radio in 2006 and was there on the air, you know, just started out weekend overnights and worked my way into uh, better positions on the weekends and then started full-time in 2010 uh, when the wheel, uh, when the Stephen A. Smith show started and I was selected to be his co-host. So, uh, and so I, I was there from 2006 all the way through uh, the start of 2022. So that is kind of the, the career part in a nutshell. It's funny, when you read it off all at once, it sounded like, wow, that's a lot. And you have to realize that that was spread out over a few decades. Incredible. I mean, first wow. of all, what courage to move across the country and just get plopped off, start your life. I mean, wow. that's incredible courage. And, well, thank uh, you. But I think, I think my parents always uh, encouraged me because, again, you and I both know Life, life can be very long. Life can, life can also be very short. So pursue things that light you up. Pursue things that you're passionate about. If you have the opportunity, I realize everybody's path is different, but they always encourage me to, you know, if there's a fork in the road, think about it, pray about it, figure out, okay, do I want to go? Do I want to not? And then choose your path, go forward and, and don't look back because when you get into the the what ifs and and gee, I wish I would haves, that doesn't suit anybody. So you have to just say, you know what, I'm going to close that door, at least for now, and I'm going to move forward in this direction. For me, it's been kind of a crazy winding path, but there's not much I would change, I don't think. I mean, I, I might make things a little bit easier in <laughs> in some regards. It's been a lot of work, but it's been a lot of fun along the way. And when you love what you do, obviously work doesn't seem like work. I love hearing that. So many people do a replay of their life and they think, I wish I would have done this or I should have done that. I think it's so important. Even with me, when I graduated high school, it was nursing school, art school. What's it going to be? And I've always loved art. I've always loved it. I chose nursing because I wanted that stability. I wanted that for sure. I'm going to have a job. I don't regret that. I think it's been a part of my path to complete this nursing journey that I'm on. And, you know, I'm helping people with addiction and mental health right now, which is so important. What you can do is infuse the things that you love into your path. And isn't that a yoga, Yogi Berra, uh, the fork in the road statement? Didn't he say something like that? Oh my goodness. There are so many yogiisms. I don't know specifically which one, but I'm sure he'd, I, I could probably Google it right now and find it. But he, yeah. oh, oh, when you come, I think it was when you come to a fork in the road, take it. Yes. Isn't that, isn't that what he said? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah. you don't look back, you just keep moving forward. 
there's no wrong turn because you can get back onto another path. It's all a learning experience. And I think I'm in a season of my life right now where I'm happy with the things that I've done and I'm happy with the things that are coming forward. And I I think that's where you're at too, kind of a little fork in the road from uh, broadcasting to now with your podcast, which what's the name of your podcast again? It's called Powered by Purpose with Deb Carson. And and you're right, I'm combining a lot of the things that I love in the podcast because obviously, I mean, I'm passionate about the X's and O's and what goes on on the field and on the court, but the stories that really just you know made my heart swell and my eyes water are the stories about the, the guys and gals who were using their platform to bring about positive change, whether it was you know, the dolphins back, you know, the year they had had a, a couple of really bad hurricanes, a couple of the guys said, Hey, for every tackle I make, I'm going to donate $10,000 to hurricane relief, things like that. And, and even like a little, I remember there was a story, a really poignant story, a little leaguer who's, I think his teammate had lost a parent to cancer. So he was selling lemonade and raising money for cancer research. The whole point is we all can use whatever our gifts are, whether it's time or a dollar, or or our platform, if we have a big platform to bring about positive change. It took me a long time. It's taken me actually 13 years to get to the point where I'm launching the podcast, believe it or not. And I'll get to that story later too. But I, th- I think a lot of it had to do with finding what exactly is it that I want to talk about. Do I want to talk about sports mm-hmm. all the time? I love sports and I do, but at the same time, I wanted this to be almost like a little a passion project. I want it to be something that even if there was a, never a dime that came out of it, this is my fun hobby that I do. And what would I really love to talk about? And the things that light me up are the people who are using their platform and using their gifts and their talents to bring about positive change. And and you are, Dawn, I mean, every day, obviously, with your nursing background, with what you're doing with your art and using art to heal and teaching other people how to use their art to heal and starting the ripple experiment. I've always talked about ripple effect anytime I I get a chance to do public speaking, because I think every act of kindness inevitably brings about one or two or 500 additional acts of kindness. And and we'll never know what exactly the result will be. But anyway, that's, that's what, uh, what lit me up. And to get to where the podcast first came from, as far as the concept of having a podcast, I'd never thought about it. But as uh, in 2010, as the Stephen A. Smith show was coming to an end on Fox Sports Radio, I had so many listeners reaching out like, where are we going to hear your opinions? I know you're still going to be on the network doing news and the updates and that sort of thing, but I want to hear what you're talking about every day. And I was like, I don't know. I don't want to do a podcast. I don't know how to do a podcast. And at that time, the only person I knew who had one was one of the guys on the network, uh, Eddie Garcia, had the Puck Podcast, which is still going strong. But, you know, he I remember him being there at the studio nights and, and weekends recording those things. I was like, well, but I've got my work and I've got we're trying to have a child at the time. So I just kind of kept putting it on the back burner. And actually, it was the uh, workshop through which I met you, Don. That finally, Mm -hmm. uh, and and actually you ladies also in my pod, being involved and being surrounded with people who are kind of all working toward a common cause or a common passion, it gives you the good, you know, kick in the seat that you need to to get off your duff and get something going. That's kind of the long story to how how we got here today with with my particular story. But you inspired me with what you're doing. 
Thank you. I was just on social media today. Oh, there's a lot of hoopla about Taylor Swift, the publicity she's getting. And I read something that said, well, they're just there to play football and entertain us. And and I that just rubbed me the wrong way because I agree with everything you just said. We have a responsibility, I think, to ripple kindness out into the world, make positive change. And what better platform than if you're a sports person or anything, theater, it doesn't matter. Why wouldn't you want to use your platform for good? That just doesn't make sense to me that people say that. So I'm glad you pointed that out because yes, we do have a responsibility. Good for Taylor. And by the way, I will go on record as saying six months ago, I mean, obviously I knew who she was very well and, and, you know, appreciated the the pop music that I knew of, but I, you know, because I have a daughter (laughs) who at the time was 10, who was becoming a hardcore Swifty, I started (laughs) listening to, uh, and by the way, Taylor Swift is, I think, solely responsible for bringing vinyl back too. Vinyl records were going out when I was a kid, and that's Mm -hmm. all my daughter wanted for Christmas were the vinyl versions of Taylor Swift. We pulled out the old record player, and and we've got Taylor going now. But I think, I mean, again, I think her her lyrics are great. I think it's crazy to me that people knock her for writing about her relationships, knocking about her life experience where every band, every musician who's ever sung a song, <laughs> those songs are all based on their lives and their relationships. So I don't, I have no idea why she's such a, a target because she, I guess she's a big target. So they've got to find something wrong with her, but she's so philanthropic. She's so mm-hmm. good to her fans. And it's funny because I guess I've become a, a Swifty who's probably three decades too old to be a Swifty, but I guess I, I am. But I so appreciate the role model that she is for girls. And she points out the double standards in, you know, between men and women, you know, men are allowed to date whoever they want to and never get knocked. And and she got knocked for that. And the other silly thing is I've, I've heard so many sports people, if you will, talking about, well, she's using him for publicity. I think Taylor yeah. was doing fine without Travis uh-huh. and, Tra- and, and Travis was doing just fine without Taylor. He was, he's one of the best tight ends in the history of the league. He's a, a huge star, had a ton of ad campaigns. I guarantee you that she has brought more eyeballs to the NFL, especially in the girls 8 to 14 category, than ever probably would have watched a game. And they watch intently now. Now, full disclosure, of course, they're watching to see if they're going to do a cutaway you know, to Taylor in the booth. But she's bringing eyeballs and she's bringing future fans to the NFL. Anyway, even my daughter who is mandated to be a Cowboys fan, because that's, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> what we are. I let yeah. her choose, you know, her own LA team because she's growing up here. So I thought, well, that's only fair. A few weeks ago, she said, mom, can I get a chief's Jersey? And I was like, what? But I mean, that shows you the impact that right. she and he together are, are having. So I don't understand why people are complaining about their relationship, let them have fun and let them be kind to each other. Hopefully who knows where the relationship goes, but they both seem like great people. And and I think again, she's bringing a ton of positive attention to the NFL. You know, I'm sure he probably has raised her awareness among maybe guys 40 to 60 who don't have a 10 year old daughter. Yeah. Every um, interview from his teammates that I've seen have nothing but positive to say about her. 
nothing, no negativity. In the world we live in with social media, it's easy to become a target behind the the keyboard. That's just the the reality of the world we live in, but that's not the type of world that I want to be promoting. Let's talk about your experience with becoming a mother at age 46. My mom, her mother was 43 when she had her. Wow. Oh, that's mm-hmm. amazing. And yeah. I'm guessing she did, she probably didn't have the help from science that I was able to have no. because of yeah the time. That's amazing. Right. And now you have this beautiful daughter who is a great competitive swimmer. I've seen